Welcome back to Seriously Funny. I'm your host, Mashnor Kabir, and I type fast. Uh, this week, I completely changed course from what I was going to do because in order to go to bed on time, I was unable to finish my research for the book review that I was planning on doing this week. I worked uh, for like two days straight on it, and I wasn't able to go through the entire book. For some reason, I, I monitor my audio through my headphones. That's why the headphones are on the wires going to the interface for this microphone. And it sounds fine. But when I put a hat on, maybe it's because there's like a little space between like, you know, there's like a space made with the glasses, the hat and everything. And so it just sounds awful when I'm monitoring with that. It sounds super nasally. So, you know, that's not the actual sound because I tested it with the hat off and it sounds fine. So I'm gonna have to turn that off and I won't be able to hear myself as much, you know, whatever. Uh, but yeah, I uh, didn't finish the book review. I worked pretty hard for the past two days. I have been typing at like 500 WPM, like writing quotes and stuff. And I'm not, the entire book review isn't going to be just quotes. And that's what makes it like a, a bit more effort. I need to go through the entire book and pull out. So like, I don't want to show the book. Actually, never mind. It doesn't really effing matter. The happiness advantage. So in the book, like I make a bunch of like, you know, you see the blue marks, like I, I write in all my books, like they're around the things that I find interesting or useful or relatable. I, I have like a little like I have a system in my mind that I use to uh, write like I have different uh, different notations for different things when I write in the book. So like a box with like an arrow drawn to the edge. So if we take the book and we look at for this one, I only have like one and there's a pen inside of it. If we took take a look at that, I don't know if that's visible at all, but like there's some blue markings. You'll see it in other books a lot more, but you'll see these blue markings like on the this side of the page or on this side of the book. And that's for places where um, it's something I want to like think about. Like it's an idea that uh, I could explore more. Uh, and then I use brackets for writing ideas or I guess now podcast or YouTube ideas. I then use a, like I circle stuff when I, it's something that I find relatable. And then I either underline or like round corner box stuff when I find it interesting, useful or something of the sort. But yeah, that's, that's kind of like my legend in books. I don't know. You can use that if you'd like to. I think it's, I think it works really well for me and you know, seeing the things on the edge of the book really helps to flip back to it quickly. Um, but other than that, so I have all these like quotes that I think are interesting from the book and all these nuggets in the book that I find interesting. And so I, I have that there. All I have to do is go write it down and I'm going to, I'll share that. Uh, I think I will share that. I'm still debating on that, uh, but I probably will share like the quotes uh, from the book and give that page. But my actual review will be way more like, these are the different sections. This is what each section is talking about. These are some great quotes from that section. I'm not going to go over all of them because it would, I'd be there for like four hours. Like it is, it's a lot of quotes, especially in this book. This book is a gold mine. Usually when you read a book, you really want to walk away from that. Like it was a good book. If you can walk away with like three, four, like gold nuggets, like you can walk away and you got like three or four really useful, really good things that you learned. 
But for the happiness advantage, it's not gold nuggets. It's a gold mine. Like the entire thing is so useful and so good and so applicable. There's just so much there. And it's so well written. Like you honestly, the section, like if you just read the table of contents uh, and then like a little summary of each part of the table of contents, like that, all of it is so good just to walk away with that. But it's a really good book. And so, you know, maybe I've been playing a little bit too much cyberpunk. I should have just worked on it earlier in the week or something. The PC is so shiny. And I realized that there was like a, another peel on the inside of the tempered glass that I never peeled. And like, it's so, I don't know if the camera will notice any difference from last week, but it's 8 billion times brighter now. And so I've just been kind of like stuck looking at it again. It's, I, it's so so captivating with all of the effing rainbow and all the colors and stuff. It's just so nice to look at. I am uh, quite literally going to be throwing uh, together what we talk about today in like an hour. I wrote this script in like an hour. And honestly, it really just became me talking about WWDC 2022, which is a bad timing. This episode's probably not going to get very many plays or views. Uh, you know, it happens. Uh, <laughs> hopefully the next one will get a lot and it'll make up for it. You know, throwing something together is a is a creative process. I think I'll I'll, I'll probably won't title the the episode WWDC twenty two. So you got clickbaited. I think I'm going to talk about a quote like near the end, and I'll try to come up with a title. Well, we'll see. I don't know. Uh, we'll see what we can get to do for people to click on it. Um, but yeah, I have about uh, fifty pages left to go through in the book, and then I'll organize everything into a proper script and. Hopefully that will be for the next episode. If I just I'll start working on it on um I would say I would say Tuesday. I have to take an exam tomorrow and hopefully start editing if not finish editing a video or at least the thumbnail. Uh, the thumbnail is going to be a lot of work for like my next YouTube video maybe probably because I'm going to play with a bunch of things that I haven't played with before and I have to make sure that my lighting is right and etc. It's 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 I'm I'm excited because I, I want to do some stuff in Photoshop that um, I can finally try to attempt. Now, hopefully the lighting and everything was good. But since I have no idea what we're going to be talking about, we can spend a good amount of time talking about WWDC. I was afraid I wouldn't be able to talk about it in the book review episode, so I guess this isn't too awful of an outcome. Uh, we got iOS 16, iPadOS 16, macOS Ventura, and M2 MacBooks. We thought it was going to be called macOS Mammoth, which I thought was a cool name, but Ventura, uh, it's a flower. Uh, I'm not a fan of the wallpaper, but I changed mine anyway, so it doesn't matter. Let's start with the hardware, since uh, there's only two new devices that came out. The new MacBook Air and the new MacBook Pro 13-inch, which yeah, probably doesn't deserve to be called new, in all honesty. Uh, for the new MacBook Air, they changed the design to be more like the design of the MacBook Pros from last year. They squared the edges of the laptop and removed the tapering effect, which caused problems, honestly, like battery capacity, because you had the batteries like... They couldn't be all the way squished to the edge, and it was just rough. And also had some thermal issues as well with it. It looked nice, generally. I think that the new designs look nicer, personally. But, uh, it, you know, they, they squared off, made it look like the rest of, honestly, all of Apple's lineup. They have square phones now, square iPads now, uh, the square MacBook Pros. And so now the square MacBook Air 
Maybe we'll see a square watch soon. You know, we're still looking at that. Uh, for the new MacBook Air, they changed that design. Uh, so it's great that they removed that, you know, the tapered edges. Unlike the leaks and rumors, the keyboard stays the same. There's like, it's not a white well uh, in the keyboard. Uh, there's also no white notch or white bezel. It's, it's a black bezel with a notch at the top with the same 1080p camera. And I believe the same microphone from my MacBook Pro. I have the MacBook Pro 14 inch from 2021. Uh, and uh, they come in, there's a four speaker system. Uh, and it uh, it comes in four colors. Uh, I, I think four, there might be one. I think it's four, yeah, four. Uh, the normal Apple color, so silver, space gray, gold, and also a midnight. Um, and midnight uh, is a matte dark blue sort of color. It looks like uh, black in some lighting conditions. Uh, but what I'm really jealous about is that the, these new MacBooks, they come, with, they, they come with MagSafe. They have MagSafe on them, just like uh, the, the MacBook Pros from last year. But they come with color matched cables. So if you buy a gold MacBook, you get a golden MagSafe cable. If you buy a space gray MacBook, you get a space gray MagSafe cable. If you buy a midnight MacBook, you get this like almost black MagSafe cable. Mine's white. I have a space gray MacBook and mine just came with a white one. I'm a little bit jealous about that. Uh, the like, uh, I want a black MagSafe cable. I might buy the midnight MagSafe cable from Apple just because I want one. It's like 50 bucks, and honestly, it feels worth it at this point. And also, even the one end of it is like white. Even though it's not like black, black, it's, it's navy blue, basically. It's, it's better than the white one that I have. You know, the MacBook Pro 13-inch, they changed literally nothing <laughs> and put the new M2 chip in there. A bottom line about the 13 inch is don't buy it. Just don't look at it. Don't give it any attention whatsoever. If you spec out the the MacBook Air to the same thing, uh, the MacBook Air starts at 1.2K, by the way, which is 200 more dollars than what the MacBook Air was. And considering what you're getting, it's a really good deal. But the having the MacBook be at 1.2, MacBook Air start at 1.2K instead of 999, 1K, I think that sucks a little bit. I really wish that they stopped selling the old Mac, the M1 MacBook Air, and they just did the M2 MacBook Air and tried their best to like even 1.1K, which if you have education, if you are a student or an educator, you can go to the Apple education website for a $100, $100 off on that MacBook. So it's 1.1K for you know, people like myself who are students or educators. If you're a teacher, it applies to you as well. Uh, yeah, 13 inch. Don't look at it. It's so it's useless. It's not worth it. Throttling, thermal throttling is never gonna happen to the M2. Like unless, like if you if you if you're able to make a MacBook Air thermal throttle, you should be buying a MacBook Pro. Uh, then there's the M2 chip, which is kind of the the big thing, right? You know, the shell. The MacBook Air is the shell, but you know, Apple's next generation silicon. That's the massive thing. But M2 is actually less powerful than M1 Pro, M1 Max, and M1 Ultra. M2 is the base M chip. It's going in the air, probably in the iPads. But the next generation of Pro Mac chips, which will probably be the M2 Pro Max and Ultra, unless they change the name for some reason, will be the powerful version of the M2 silicon with more cores and more more CPU and GPU cores, more RAM, more memory capacity, more storage capacity, more encoders for video, all the things. You know, it'll be a lot bigger, a lot tougher, better. Hopefully it'll be on the three nanometer process and we'll see an 
incredible increase or like a very significant increase in speed for the m2 uh, apple brought the video encoder into the chip from the m1 pro chips they also increased the single core performance slightly which on the same five nanometer process i think it's like 1.4 times as fast like 17 percent or something that's pretty good that's pretty solid to be like in the same generational process you know that it's it's good that they were able to do that that's a lot of uh, moving transistors around and, and making it tighter more compact more efficient and that's that's you know it's good a good design uh to, to, to as as an engineer i can appreciate it i also want to work on chips right so that's that's definitely what i look at the most oh uh, so uh, yeah really cool that they're able to increase the performance they also increased the max ram to 24 gigabytes which is admittedly a weird number that's like i think that that would be triple channel ram so generally it's not unheard of but generally on motherboards like on on my pc you saw the four ram sticks there's usually two or four slots for RAM sticks uh, on a, a PC you know, or on laptops. And generally, traditionally, on even Apple's laptops, like this MacBook Pro I have can be specced out with 16, 32, or 64 gigs of RAM. 64 on the M1 Mac chips. And so those are all multiples of or powers of two. And what that means is like two to the power of three is eight, two to the power of four is... Uh, what the 16 yeah there we go to the power of two is four and so generally we see that uh, you know you have these even numbered ram channels so uh you know the rams are powers of two so four gigabytes of ram eight gigabytes of ram you're never going to see 40 gigs but eight gigabytes of ram you might see 16 gigabytes of ram that's like normal standard like most like mid-end devices will have six, 16 gigs of ram 32 gigabytes of ram that's what i run on my pc you know, et cetera, you know, 64, 128, uh, 24 is a bit out there, right? And we don't see that very much at all. Uh, but hey, it's a bigger number than 16 if you're into that. But uh, for your MacBook Air, uh, if you're going to 24 gigs of RAM, I would recommend just hop up to the, the, the MacBook Pro at that point. Other than that, they added three extra GPU cores as well, which is great. Uh, it's faster than M1, as you'd expect, 20 billion five nanometer transistors, which I think is about 4 million more or so from from M1. I don't remember if M1 was 16 a mil, billion or not. It's not a bad evolution at all. It's it's nothing incredibly groundbreaking in terms of a generational update, but it is, you know, pretty solid, pretty good. Uh, we did wish to see some teaser for the Mac Pro uh, and we really wish to see something for the AR VR headset, neither of which appeared uh, but the event was one of Apple's longest in a while, nearly two hours. I think it actually crossed two hours. It was a long event. I was not able to get anything done last Monday because I spent so much time watching that event. Other than the hardware, of course, WWDC is a software event. That's what, you know, worldwide developer conference is for developers more than anything. Craig had some great moments in the keynote. It was, it was, you know, it's, we always love to see Craig be memeified and, and they really leaned into it. Like, especially that flash run, that was really good. Uh, in the way he, like, that was so good. We started with iOS where they talked about improvements too. For most of us, the only improvements that matter are the lock screen um, is now on steroids for iOS 16. It's just, it is cracked out of its mind. You can add widgets to it, similar to the Apple Watch. It'll, it's like small widgets that kind of hint towards an always-on display for the next, uh, for the next, mm, uh, for the next iPhone. 
Uh, there's some cool depth effects, uh, you know, depth effect things they do for your pictures. They can change the font or you can change the font of the clock. You know, they give you a few options. Uh, you can have multiple lock screens similar to the Apple Watch uh, and you can change between them very quickly. You can have an album of photos that it cycles through. You can make it a person that it cycles through. It's pretty good. It'll be really cool to see what people come up with and what app developers make cool widgets for on the lock screen. I'm actually really excited for that. Uh, then there's notifications, which have been moved to the bottom of the screen, making it easier to reach. Um, and it doesn't completely obstruct your screen wallpaper. Since Apple spent so much time making the lock screen look nice, they didn't want to cover the entire thing with a music player, which is known to be this massive thing that no one likes. Um, it's just huge and it's just right in there. Like I can't see my waifus if the, if the screen's going to get covered by whenever I play music, there's, there it goes. There's my waifu on my lock screen covered. Can't have that. Uh, so I'm really excited that'll be gone. And then the notifications are, uh, just a little bit different, not too much other, other than that they pop up from the bottom. Now there's some live notifications for things like sports or Uber to see like things update real time uh, instead of just getting notification, notification, notification from like one app over and over. Uh, since the, the, yeah, some cool things there, lock screen on steroids, you can attach focuses to them too. So if you change to a specific lock screen, it'll turn on a specific focus, which is, which is definitely cool. I don't think I'll use that, but uh, within uh, 15 minutes of sending an I, a message on iMessage, uh, you can delete and or edit your message after 15 minutes. I, you can't edit after 15 minutes. I'm not sure if you can delete it after 15 minutes. You might be able to. Um, you can also mark messages from people as unread. So no more, oh, I forgot to respond. If you open someone's message, don't have time to respond, you can just swipe right on um, on like the not on the message, but like on the person's contact in messages in your text thingy. I don't know what to call it. Uh, and uh, if you swipe right, yeah, you swipe right, similar to mail to like mark something as read or unread, you can do that in messages now, which is really great. Uh, audio messages ha can be scrubbed through now. So if you send someone an audio message, they can move through it back and forth. So if you actually didn't click off or something, you can you know go back to where you were. Very fun stuff. Emails, you can now schedule emails, unsend emails, similar to Gmail. There's follow-up reminders, uh, you know, good things. Uh, and now that the, the things that don't really, all of that I might be using, like that's useful to me in some way. Uh, the things that don't really affect me, and probably not most of you, depending on this, my audience here, uh, photo sharing with family. If you have an iCloud family, you can share photos amongst each other. It's honestly pretty cool how it works. I hope you can turn certain things off. Otherwise, we're going to see some really funny things on r slash TIFU. Today I effed up. Uh, live text is in videos now, and you can also pull out objects from photos using AI, which is a feature that we see in Photoshop. Uh, but now it's available in your Photos app, and actually Apple has been has done it really well. It seems like they do it a lot quicker than Photoshop, to be honest. Like even on my M1 Pro MacBook, the like when I hit like select subject, it takes Photoshop a good like 10, 20 seconds sometimes to get like to pull me out and even then sometimes it's it's rough and, and not always the best a part of it might be because it's like a lot of black on black everywhere and so it's a bit rough but you know still uh, dictation is also better with auto punctuation and with emoji support so you can like while you're dictating your phone you can say crying laughing emoji and it'll show up multiple stops and maps 
Uh, actually, I, that's the one that should go in the I might use. Maybe I'll use that. I have no idea. I don't really drive that much, so probably not, but it's a really cool feature. Uh, the Apple Home app is getting better. Uh, they're also doing this like thing with called Matter where they're going to make a new standard for home apps, which I think is great. Making a standard is, is awesome. And Apple, whenever they make standards, they are known for being very stringent, but that stringency also makes it very like good. And so that's awesome to see. And it seems like from betas, people that are using the home app say that things are working a lot faster, which I love to see. So the light lighting up my face and both of the lights lighting up my face, the green one and the the white one here, they're LifeX bulbs that are connected to my Apple home, as well as my strip behind my desk. And so sometimes like pressing the button for Apple, it will not, it'll take like either 30 seconds or it just won't work. And it'll say, oh, unavailable, undetected. But if I open the LifeX app, it's fine. It works perfectly, very quickly. Like it's great. It's just Apple home being finicky. That's the word. Uh, uh, anyways, other than Apple Home, we will also be getting the fitness app on the iPhone. So you can close one of your rings without needing an Apple Watch, the Move ring, the red one, the calories burned ring. Uh, and then uh, the health app uh, is they, they added medication tracking. Uh, so you can set reminders for taking any medications or vitamins or pills or anything uh, that you may need as well as tracking tracking you know have you been taking them and whatnot and you can share that with your doctor or something if you know maybe they'll know oh when did you miss a day i don't know if they'd ever asked that but maybe they could i don't know doctors like whatever data they can get sometimes because a lot of times they're reaching for straws because uh, things can be complicated in the human body uh, it's uh, pretty good honestly very robust and a lot of options for that medication tracking I think it has incredible potential for people that need to take medication short or long term. It just it will help a lot keeping track of that. We also saw some new things with CarPlay uh, for like so that's the Apple's like OS for cars. Uh, this the future looks incredibly stunning and incredible for some of the things they showed. It looks so nice. Apple is basically taking over your entire car. I love it. It looks incredible. Um, and you know, they can't do it right now, obviously, with the way that everything's manufactured. So it'll be in future cars, probably. But I am very excited to see these cars come out with this with this car play. This may be the reason that or a reason that I don't buy a Tesla. Uh, Elon Musk doesn't really want to work with Apple. It doesn't seem like that. And looking at car play that Apple will be making it in the future, it is going to be awesome. I'm very excited to see that. Another thing was pass keys. You know how passwords can be stolen from you by scammers. Uh, and, you know, they're hard to remember sometimes. And then you have a bunch of them. And sometimes they change. And going into your password manager every time can be annoying. Well, Apple wants to push a new form of logging into websites with something called pass keys, which uses biometrics in order to log into websites and applications. And so this will eliminate passwords, on, honestly. And also uh, phishing, P-H-I not not fishing like reeling in fish like fishing like online you know people can uh, send you a link that has malware in it and you can click on it and they'll get your passwords with pass keys that is eliminated there's no chance for that at all it, it just eliminates that happening and a lot of people stealing your passwords if you don't have a password no one can steal it and so that's kind of what pass keys will be able to do and uh, it is website to website so the the developers of websites they need to implement this it's not really apple apple can go and ask them to do it but it won't be done 
uh, by Apple, on, except for their own website, uh, which they'll probably do it. But yeah, so they, Apple has to convince the industry to, to code it into their website and their applications. But basically, it removes the need for a password. You simply touch your finger or scan your face, whatever you have on your device, and then you're logged in. After you enter a username, at least I'm assuming, because I think you need a username still, uh, then uh, instead of entering a password, you'll just touch your finger, scan your face, and this basically removes the risk of getting your password fished or stolen from you. And honestly, it looks cool, but I am curious about how it'll work on devices without biometric sensors. So like my PC, I have no way to scan my fingerprint or scan my face. I don't have like a Windows Hello webcam or anything. And so I, I open my PC with a pin code. I, and so I'm also curious if it'll work cross-platform. Like if I sign into something with uh, my with on Apple, because my MacBook does have a touch thingy, and then obviously my phone has the face and my iPad has the face thing, then will I? how will I log in to like what notion on a windows device like if they implemented passkeys right like could i would i be allowed to would i still have a password available i don't know and next is ipad os 16 mac os ventura and watch os 9 for mac os they introduced a thing called stage manager which is honestly kind of useless <laughs> mission control i think is much better basically you can set up window groups uh, which is uh, you know i guess and you can switch between them I'm sure that some workflows might find it useful. Some people might love it. And, uh, you know, that's that's great. And honestly, it's cool to have. It's not forced on you, right? So you don't have to use it ever. Uh, you can, it's, it's just an option there. And, you know, options are cool. Options are always nice to have. So why not? It's, it's fine. Uh, I probably won't use it much personally. But if someone does, that's great. Um, honestly, they probably introduce it just... <laughs> Just, uh, we'll, we'll talk more about iPadOS in a minute, but handoff uh, for FaceTime now. So if I have, uh, if I'm on a FaceTime on my phone and then I get home or I like get to my desk or whatever, I can like my MacBook will know when my phone is near it. My iPad will know when my phone is near it and it will know when I'm on a FaceTime call and it will ask me on either device, do you want to bring the face call onto this device? face call facetime onto this device so if i sit down and i open my laptop while i'm on a facetime on my phone my laptop will pop up a little notification do you want to bring the facetime here and if you hit yes it'll take the facetime from your phone and put it on your laptop no hanging up the call necessary um, and that is incredible i love that i it, this is this is great because i've won i've wanted to do this so much and i'm like why is this not a thing I'm glad there's a button you can press now instead of saying to the person you're talking to, hey, let me, give me a second, let me call you back on my MacBook. Like, I, I don't, you know, that's, it's never fun. It's very intrusive. And so pressing one button is going to be so much better. They showed off some stuff with Spotlight, which doesn't matter to me too much since I'm a paying Alfred user. But hopefully we see some of those things come to Alfred, indexing pictures and whatnot. All of my pictures are anime waifu. So honestly, that doesn't affect me much. Uh, but we'll see what happens there. The coolest thing, though, is something called continuity camera. Well, this lets you turn your iPhone into a webcam for your MacBook. This is brilliant and works like absolute magic, honestly. I'm very interested to see how quick and easy it works because they said you don't have to touch anything on your phone. Just uh, get your phone. They're going to introduce, they're going to make a little mount from with other companies that you can stick onto your onto your laptop quickly and easily with MagSafe. Uh, and, and they said it'll just work. Like if you open FaceTime, it'll know your phone is there and boom, it'll use it. 
which is super cool. Uh, I'm very interested to see how it works when it comes out, and uh, I'll probably buy a mount from from one of the people that make it, uh, hopefully a black one. Uh, but there's also this button that will let you use the wide-angle camera on your phone, and every iPhone has this wide-angle camera. It's the bottom one. Uh, every iPhone that has two cameras. That's not true completely iPhone 11, 12, and 13, I believe, all have wide-angle cameras. It's the bottom camera. Anyways, it will use that camera, which cover, like it captures a lot of space. Like if I flipped my phone right now, I record with the front camera. If I flip my phone right now and I use the wide-angle, you would see my entire room, like even maybe the, the ceiling and probably my some of my desk. And so what they'll do is they'll use this and they will do some algorithm and AI stuff to make it flat and it will offer a top-down view of your desk. And this, it is complete and utter witchcraft. It is insane. The ability to do this is so cool. I'm very excited to try it out. And Dave 2 d made a video where he did try it out. And it's not perfect, obviously. The thing that they're doing, like physically speaking, like you can only go so far. But that ability at all is really cool and really good. And I think that it's a great idea and a great thing to have. And it's really cool iPad OS gets Stage Manager. So like we said earlier, Stage Manager is a Mac OS thing. And I think that they brought it to Mac OS just so they can say, look, it's a Mac OS feature on the iPad. Uh, it's cool, I guess, but it's not something I think I'll ever use. I have an 11-inch iPad. So honestly, it is literally meant to be a digital notebook. That is what my iPad is used for. Digital notebook stuff. I don't mind this. This is for like 12.9 inch iPad users with their magic keyboard and stuff. I don't do that. I don't have that. I use my Apple Pencil and I enjoy it very much. It also gets a, a weather app on the iPad, which is, uh, you know, very crazy. Still no calculator, but we do have a weather app now. Proper support for an external monitor. So it's not just screen mirroring now. It's screen extending. It doesn't get what the lock screen customization. It doesn't get lock screen customization for some reason. But we also saw that uh, iPad only got widgets, or iPad got widgets one year after iPhone. I don't know why, but I guess next year we'll probably see iPad OS get lock screen customization features. No reason for it, honestly. Probably not. But you know, I'm I don't code for Apple and I don't code very much regardless. So there's probably some things that I, I wouldn't understand, but maybe it's harder. Maybe it's just tactical. Who knows? Uh, but uh, it is what it is. Other than that, there that uh, the features from iOS carry over. So the messages, the emails, etc. cetera. Uh, and there's an upcoming app called Freeform which is a collaborative whiteboard sort of app, which looks absolutely incredible. I'm very excited for the official release of that. It is an infinite, like infinity page that you can draw on, type on and do other things on. And it's meant to be used with multiple people so that you can all have like ideas all over the place. And I think that it looks really good. And, you know, I'll probably, I don't have anyone to collaborate on, but just like to have this infinite space, I might use it for note taking sometimes or, or just things i don't know it just looks really good now the the ui for drawing not the ui just apple's drawing tools are can be a bit uh, lackluster compared to apps like goodnote or procreate and so that'll be something to consider for sure but we'll see that when we get there uh for now other than freeform uh i'm very excited for the official release of that uh and uh where am i huge fan Hopefully there's a dark mode on Freeform and I'm excited to see when it comes out. Watch OS 9, we see increased metrics in fitness. So heart rate zones, 
uh, more things for running, like being able to scrub through your run, seeing the pace that you're like running at, etc. You can customize workout intervals. So if you're doing like a hit workout, a high interval intensity workout, you can say like, oh, this part of them doing this, this part I'm resting, this part I'm doing this. And so it'll do that. It'll you know do that. It will also uh, have build in automatic switching for things like swimming, biking, and running for people that do triathlons, which is swimming, biking, and running. They also introduce more in-depth sleep tracking, uh, seeing what stage of sleep you're in, REM, awake, or core sleep, which I'm assuming is NREM 1 and 2 because they also have deep sleep, which is NREM 3 and 4. It can't be as accurate as an EEG. It's probably just not possible. An EEG quite literally uses... That was loud. An EEG quite literally uses electrodes that attach to your brain in order to see the literal waves of your brain as it's happening. And so the watch, the Apple Watch, it can't sense electricity in your body that's not a sensor on there. It doesn't have like a voltometer or something on, on, on your Apple watch. What did the Apple watch does is it can take your heart rate and your blood oxygen. I don't think the blood oxygen part will be necessary for telling you what stage of sleep you're in. Cause I don't think that should change too much. Your, your, you know, O2, your blood BO2 should be O2. Yeah. Your, your blood oxygen level shouldn't be varying from my, to my knowledge when you're asleep. Um, so they're probably just going to use your heart rate and some clever, uh, computational things to work out what stage of sleep you're in at what point, uh, whether you're in REM or whatnot. Uh, it'll be relying on a lot of algorithms and things to surmise that it probably won't be fully accurate, but hopefully the genius engineers over at Apple have figured out more than I could. You know, I studied how sleep works, not how to computation determine sleep in people. Uh, there's also AFib history as well as notifications and uh, not destroying your entire screen on the watch uh, when you're using it. That that's about all for WWDC. A bunch of other things in the OS OSs that aren't always announced on stage, but a lot of those are small things, quality of life things, simple things, uh, changes that Watley, you know, YouTube Apple YouTubers will go over. Brandon Butch is one of my favorite for software from Apple. If you're interested in software and learning about that on on YouTube or something, Brandon Butch he covers all of this in great depth, and he goes over all the betas. He he does a really good job on it. And so I'd recommend him, uh, you know, other than continuity camera, nothing earth shattering, uh, but yeah, continuity camera, that is pretty shattering. So very excited to see how that goes. Uh, I'm at 37 minutes. I, uh, I don't know if I, you know what, we'll just go over it, whatever, we'll hit 40 minutes. I don't know what to talk about. That isn't something I've talked about before. So I just pulled out a quote that I've been wanting to talk about uh, for a while, uh, maybe I have before, but whatever. I, I finally get to just throw it out there. It's like a few minutes. Quote, Even if a book was written with the same author, materials, and theme, if the situations are different, they have different stories. But what lies underneath their basis doesn't change. If it's based on the same soul, no matter how different you are, you arrive at the same conclusion. How a soul should be. The basic principle of what you find pretty and what you find and what you want doesn't change. End quote. That's from Fate Extra, an anime. And it's a pretty solid one. It's from the character Nero, who's the main, uh, the main fighter. I, I, I haven't seen Fate in a while. Servant, main servant of the, of the show. The main character's uh, servant. And so 
she's adorable in the anime and that's one of the quotes and i really liked it it just sounded good honestly even if it doesn't mean anything that deep i just like the way it sounded it was it sounded deep you know and i liked it it was just really nice uh, honestly unless you're in deep in the freight franchise and the lore you won't care about fate extra as a show but you know it's it's not a bad show i watched it and i was into it for a little bit i was i watched all the fate stuff and i need to watch some of the other things that have come out recently. Um, but let's dissect the quote. Uh, I can pull a few lessons out from this. And the first one is divine oneness. Divine oneness is the first universal law that we've talked about before. It's the idea that we're all connected to this one divine soul. Uh, to some people, we call that God. To, to other people, that's just divine oneness or the divine spirit. Uh, in Buddhism, it's the divine spirit. Uh, it says that everything is connected and all things come from a singular force or, or source. Uh, this quote says that different books can have different stories. However, underneath that, the basis doesn't change. It has the same conclusion, the same base when you get to the bottom, that soul of it. And so that's divine oneness. The other thing is uh, you're made of what you're made of. That's the other thing that we can pull out from this quote is we all go through things in life and those things make us who and what we are. Whether it's good or bad, I don't know. And that's probably for you to decide. Not some rando on the internet. That's me. Regardless of what you go through, although many people have, are, and will go through something similar, uh, just statistically, your story, your situation, it's your situation. What you find pretty and what you want doesn't change. That was in the quote. How you respond is yours. You may respond differently than someone else going through the same thing. Be you and be what you want to be. Your life is yours. And although you and I are shaped by our circumstances for at least most of our lives, you are who you are. That's not to say you shouldn't sit down and evaluate that from time to time. You know, evaluate who you are, what you are, what you're doing, and if it's the path that you want to be on. Uh, although we all have the same basis, we can come to different conclusions in our own personal lives. And that's really cool. Uh, even if the book was written with the same author, materials, and theme. Yeah, I started watching Assassination Classroom. It's incredible. It's an adorable and very funny anime. I'm very excited to watch it all. Music-wise, I've been listening to a lot of Western Estates still. Uh, Glaive and MGK just came out with a song, as did Ian. Uh, Glaive and MGK, it was, uh, I forgot what it was called. Ian is Live Fast, Die Numb. Uh, XXXTentacion's Look At Me, the album came out. It was mostly old songs that I've already downloaded in my Apple Music, so it wasn't too much, but there's a few things on there that I will go through and listen to. Uh, but True Love isn't bad. I think that X's part is really good. I like the way that he sings on there. Uh, Kanye's part is, uh, I'm, I'm not really a Kanye fan, but you know, if you're into it, it is. You're into it. I've also been listening to Boy With Uke. The album Serotonin Dreams kind of goes crazy. Contigo and uh, IDFAG um, or IDGAF uh, are really good. Uh, Things With Wings from uh, Eric Doe, not to be confused with Wings and Things from Zaxby's. Uh, it's a good album. And then Post Malone's new album as well, 24 Carat Toothache. Uh, I have forgotten to talk about music in a while, so there's a bunch of stuff I've been listening to. Uh, this is all, though, uh, for this episode of Seriously Funny. Thank you so much for listening. Book review next week. I don't promise because every time I do, it doesn't happen. Uh, I will talk at you then. Much love. Keep watching anime. Peace.